Hi, this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development and we are currently live in the breakout room. So, welcome and welcome and we love being here for you with quality and value to inspire and to transform. Remember, we are on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon and iTunes. Today, as usual, we have a special guest to share with you for your development and growth and to live your better informed life. So, grab a cup, pull up a seat and stay tuned for the introduction right here now, live in the breakout room. Hi guys, this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development. Our next guest live in the breakout room, Brian L. Arnold. The founder and CEO of Kingdom Problem Solvers LLC. Brian is an author and lecturer. He has been teaching, writing, and counseling thousands of men and women all over the world for over a quarter century. This is the man of the moment. He has a novel entitled How to Win the War Within and Discover Your Purpose for Living. This is his publication. So, Let's welcome live in the breakout room our guest, Brian Arnold. And here we are live in the breakout room. This is Andy welcoming our guest, Brian Arnold. How are you, Brian? I'm totally awesome, Andy. Thank you for asking. Good. That yes. sounds positive. That sounds great. How are things in Vegas? <laughs> Things in Vegas are wonderful. It's 70 degrees, and I've been out in the sunshine and by the pool, and uh, things are going good, and I'm happy. Yeah, it's great. Wow. Yes, sir. wonderful. Thank God for that. Yes. Thank God for that, yes. indeed. You know, yes, there's yes, a yes. thing, right? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, need, we, need, we need for you to share some good stuff from Vegas <laughs> <laughs> on the show. <laughs> We're going to change that a little bit. Hope folks yes, don't mind. Sir. Hope folks don't mind. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah, Brian, yeah. thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking the time for being with us and our listeners live here in the breakout room and Andy's personal development. First of all, we would like to know, I mean, I'm curious and I know uh, my tribe, my listeners will be very curious as well. Who was Brian Arnold way before he got involved in making millions of dollars. Could you remember what things were like before you entered college and stuff? Well, it's interesting because I never did enter college. Wow. Um, <laughs> I've got a great eight education, but I mm. made over, but but we made nearly $40 million before I was 24. And four million of that went into my pocket as a little piece of the action. But I'll back up a little bit, Andy, mm -hmm. right yeah. to the beginning. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm very fortunate that I was even born. My, I, I was a hot night out, I guess, and my mother got pregnant and had me, but I never met my father. And I found out I was born and raised in northern Canada. And I was adopted out. And my mother and father that adopted me were actually my aunt and uncle 
fr- within the family. So I was adopted okay. within the family. Okay. And my mother, my father was a fur trader with the Indians back in the 1940s and 50s. I was born in 1950. And uh, so it was a very interesting upbringing. I was brought up really solid. I was grounded. I was in the, living in the bush. We were among the Indian people. I'm quarter Cree Indian myself. Okay. And uh, my father had a dog team. We had 11 dogs and we run in the wintertime about 300 miles uh, through the snow, 40 below zero in northern Canada. And we, my father was buying fish and fur like beaver, mink, uh, wolves, all that stuff back in that day. And uh, uh, so that's how I was raised. When I was six years old, my father sold everything. He was kind of an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But it was, you know, there's not very many people up there. It's cold. It's 40 below zero. There's maybe a few thousand people in the whole area. Not very many people uh, in that area where I lived, mostly all Native people. And uh, so I, I had a very good, solid, basic life and upbringing. Okay. Then we, my father sold everything and we bought this little quarter section, which is 160 acres of land. And that sounds like a lot of land, but uh, back in that day, that wasn't very much. And we cut down the trees and trimmed them up and built a log home. And then my father bought about 30 head of cows. So we had 30 head of cattle, we had about 60 hogs, and I started trapping at six years old. Okay. Uh, had my own little trap line, and uh, so I quickly grew up, though, and I, I uh, by the age of nine, I had worked a whole summer for my father. He gave me a Hereford bull calf, and I took this bull calf and traded it for a horse, so I had a big horse and I learned how to break that horse and trained it and started a trap line that was seven miles long when I was a little kid. So I started to make some pretty good money. And by the age of 16, I wanted to get away. I wanted to go out into the world and find out what the world was about. So I bought a car and I I left home and I got my grade eight education. I started into grade nine, but I wanted to go to work on the oil rigs out there where it was really cold. So I okay. left home at an early age, 16. And I went out into the world and started working. And um, I went to work with four alcoholics. And these oh. four guys were alcoholics that... Um, they worked the oil rig, but every night when we were done at 4 o'clock, by 5 o'clock, we will have drank a 26 to a 40 ounce of whiskey. Wow. And so I was starting to go down the wrong road real quick at 16, 17. I wasn't even supposed to be working on the rigs. Now these guys are saying, kid, we're going to make you a man. We're going to teach you how to be a man. So I started drinking very young. And then I got into the drugs and not heavy into the drugs, but enough that I got caught once and they threw me in jail. And uh, so I went to prison just for a little short time, three months. I was only in jail about one month. And the guard said, this guy's the hardest worker I've ever seen because I knew how to work hard. Okay. He okay. said, that this guy, this young kid doesn't belong here. Get him out of here. And when I walked away from prison that day, I turned around and I made a declaration and I looked at that prison 
And I said, I will never go back to prison again, ever. That's it for me. I never said I would be a good person. I said, I'm not going back to prison. (laughs) So I didn't, I didn't know any better back then. I was just kind of a wild young kid, but I was well brought up. You know, I respected my parents and I respected other people. Although I was a fighter and a scrapper, I was in 31 fights with 31 knockouts and I had a bit of a reputation and I was a collector. I started collecting money for, for uh, people. I'm just a smaller guy, but I was very tough. Okay. And then life went on and suddenly I got involved with mafia and I didn't know it was mob that I was involved. But what happened one night I was invited to a party. I was 19 years old now. I'm invited to this party and I'm working in the bars and I'm drinking in the bars and I'm working in the bars and I um, go ahead and I'm at this party and this guy comes out of the back room and he come over and he saw me and I had served him and his partner that night at the bar where I was at and they had invited me to this party and I went there. And in the back room was a poker game going on. And mm-hmm. this guy come out, this guy comes out to me and he, he says to me, he says, Hey kid, he called him. That was my nickname after was yeah. the kid. Okay. He said, Hey kid, how would you like to make 500 bucks tonight in an hour or two, just sitting at the table? I said, how am I going to do that? I mean, what do I got? He said, "Never mind. Here's $5,000. We want you to sit in the game we have other guys in there and we're going to take all the money. We're going to control the game completely and we're going to dump all the money on you. Just know that it's not your money. It's our money. We are taking control, but we don't want the heat. We're going to dump the money to you. Wow. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work. Right. So they gave me two signals. They said, if we, if we're dealing, when we're dealing, this is private game, a private home at a party. But it was a very sophisticated system. They said, if we put our finger like this when we're dealing, means bet and shoot the pot. Whatever amount is in there. If there's $50,000 in there, go for the whole works because you're going to win it. We're going to dump it onto you. And if we go like this, means don't hit it or don't take a card. So there was only two signals, this or this. That was it. So depending, so that night we went on oh, maybe $20,000, something like that. And so I have to give it all to them and they give me 500. The next night they said, you want to come back and play again? We like you sitting in the game where you don't do nothing. You just sit there. We dumped the money on you. And they had a couple of hookers, prostitutes Whoa. that were bringing, that were bringing these guys that were millionaires to the games. So the games were private games, but the millionaires were sitting at the table. They were pulling the money out of those guys. Even if they didn't have much money back then, it was all checks. Yeah. So they would write a check for 5000 10000 and and I would be the one loaning it because I was the one that was going to come and collect it if they didn't okay. pay. So I could go to the bank the next morning and at 10 o'clock, and I would cash all these checks, and uh, sometimes up to – $400,000 one night with one play. Wow. Uh, wow. Uh, and we won over half a million many times. 
in a night. And when um, then uh, all of a sudden we get a call one day. Um, the one fella, his name is Pete. They're all gone now. There was only six of us, and then I became the seventh. Yeah. But there was six of them, and I was the kid. There was nobody else. It was the old school way of taking all the money, and nobody would ever catch you. If they did catch you, they kill you right there on the spot. You're yep. shot dead. Yep. But otherwise, yep. you're not jail. And that's what I had declared. I'm not going to jail. Anything I do, I wasn't going to jail for drugs again. I wasn't going to jail for robbing a bank. I wasn't going to jail for nothing. <laughs> but if I could make all this money and learn how to do this, what these guys were doing, they could sit in a game. I can now shuffle the cards. I haven't played in 45 years now because I straightened yeah. my life up. And this is a little bit of the story of how I got in mafia. And then how right. I got out of the mafia. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know I've shared quite a bit here with you already, but you may have some other questions you want to ask me. Wow. wow. <laughs> I'm just bringing you up to the mafia, to the, to the, to how I got into the mafia part. And I can yeah. share with you a little later if you want with how I got out of it and so on too. So, yeah, yeah that'd be very, that's that, part of my, man, that's a, that was fascinating. You, you have a whole book, a whole movie. In, in that time, you yes, yeah. to share information with us. But Brian, yes, uh, what, yes. what kind of what kind of lessons, life lessons, you would have learned while experiencing this mafia scenario and, and making that pledge that you would never ever go to jail again? What kind of life lessons would you have learned out of that experience? Many, 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 many. Yeah. Um, for example, um, I learned the art of being able to walk into a city uh -huh. and not know anybody and within 48 to 72 hours walk out of that city with at least 50 to a hundred thousand dollars in my pocket wow. and not know anybody so you had to go in and have personal skills where you could walk into a lounge you could walk into any place, sit down, start to talk, put on a conversation, conversation going, find out, no, those guys aren't going to go. They're not going to work. Yeah, and, and read these people over here. And you know what? There's a live wire over there, and there's a couple of girls over here I could talk to, and I give them 10% of all the action that they bring. And, and there was many, many things that you could do to set up a whole operation very quickly and make a lot of money but it was gambling but it wasn't gambling i was a trained professional that could go sit down and take all the money by doing anything i want with a deck of cards okay. so and you had to you had to be so good that you couldn't get caught now here's the lesson here's the lesson when uh, I always say practice. If you're going to be in sales or you're listening audience right now, whatever they're doing in life, uh -huh. if they practice, practice develops competence and competence creates confidence and confidence sells. Right. So if they're so you need to get good at what you're doing. I had to be so good at what I was doing, I could get killed in a moment if I didn't do it right. So wow. when I was practicing with the cards and I had to pull a card out, like I don't have a deck of cards with me now. I've made decks of cards, uh, custom built decks of cards that were going into prisons and stuff with mm -hmm. scripture on them to change and transform lives. But 
I can take a deck of cards and right in front of you like this, I can have the, the, the card on the top of the deck here. Let's say it's an ace, but I don't want to give you the ace. I might want to give you a six. So I go like that and I give you the six right in front of you like this. So here's your card. But it didn't come from the top. It came from second or third or fourth from the top right in front you. of you. And it had to be so good uh -huh. that if you saw me, do something like that. You pull out a gun and go, bang, you're dead. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how good we ought to be at doing that. So that's how sharp and good we can be in the positive that's rather right. than the negative. That's that right. was a negative way of growing my life. It was going down the wrong road. And as I went down the wrong road, because there's two roads in life, there's always a good road. And I actually have broken those down now, Andy, into what I call two kingdoms, mm -hmm. a kingdom of darkness and uh -huh. a kingdom of light, not religion. I don't talk religion. I'm not a religious person, but I love the Lord and it transformed my life. I came Amen. out of the kingdom uh -huh. of darkness. I right. came out of the kingdom of darkness and I crossed over into the kingdom of light. You have okay. to come by way of the cross. For me, that's, that's how right. I did it. That's but right. um, just to to back up a little bit, Andy, if you don't mind. Uh -huh. Sure, sure, um, sure. Okay, so um, what I learned, Andy, was I fell into depression. I had made all this money, and uh, mm -hmm. I moved from uh, $500 a night to mm -hmm. suddenly, you know, I threw the guy one night we were drinking and, and I threatened him I was going to chop his thumb off if he didn't show me and tell me now what, how they did this. I wanted to know how to read the cards. I wanted to know how to pull a card. I wanted to know the, the tricks and the secret to that trade that these guys were doing. Mm -hmm. And I threatened them yeah. and he showed me, told me and he showed me. And I thought I was really, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And it was because mm -hmm. at 19, 20 to 24, you're young, wild, crazy. I was doing drugs. I was just, but it, but it, and I made millions and millions and millions of dollars. And we got started involved with the mafia. They were, they would contact Pete and they'd say, okay, we need you to fly in. You know, we go into Chicago or New York or whatever city. And they would fly us into there with their own yeah. Learjet, pick us up at the airport. We'd stay uh -huh. in a five-star resort hotel. Then that evening we'd have a sit down and they'd say, okay, here's the deal. Here's what's going down. Uh, you know, there's going to be three guys at the table. All three of them are millionaires, but that one guy, his name is Jack. He's a big player and he's got millions of dollars because we wouldn't even come unless it was at least a half a million on the table. Wow. So when we would come into the game, there was big money there. The mob would take their half. We took our half and split it three ways. What they did with their stuff, we didn't know. And I didn't want to know. So I never knew these guys. We were just kind of like a hit man that came in and did a hit with the cards. We didn't do a right. gun. We did right. the cards. They had the guns. So uh, as I was learning things and, and, and uh, my life began to, it went up and peaked. Then it started to go down. When I was about 24, I started to fall into depression and I'm going, I didn't know where this depression was coming from. And I was going, is this all there is to life is just go and sit in games and take all this money. And then yeah. like, there's no purpose. Yeah, there's yeah. no 
my talents and my giftings were being used and honed and refined, but in the wrong way. Today, right. they're refined in a good way, and I'll share that in a little bit. But <laughs> back then, I was, I was refined, but in the wrong direction. And so depression came. And then suicidal thoughts came. And wow. I was trying to figure out where this was coming from. And I had five major questions. Question number one, who am I? Uh -huh. I wanted to know who I was, and I didn't know. I was a lost soul. Number yeah. two, yeah. how did I get here into this world? I know I was born, you know, from my mother, but how did man get here on the planet Earth? Number three question was, what's my purpose for being here in life? It's got to be right. more than robbing people. Right. There's got to be something more to life than this. So yeah. I was in depression. And... Number three was, what is my purpose in life? Number four was, is there life after death? Because I kill myself. I was going wow. to kill myself. I was suicidal. Wow. I had three or four friends who had killed themselves. And I thought of ending my life because I didn't find, I was, I had a hole in my soul. Okay. And I couldn't fill it. I didn't wow. know how. I was empty wow. inside. I was lost and dying. I was just going downhill. And yet I had all the money, but I didn't have happiness, peace, and joy in my heart. Okay. So okay. I'm going down this wrong road. And then um, as I was seeking, I've, I went back and I bought my mother and father's farm from them to try to straighten my life out. Because my life was a mess now. Right. And right. and I didn't know how to straighten it out. And so I ended up, um, I was seconds away from pulling the trigger. And God intervened. And uh, a guy drove into my yard and pulled right up beside me. And I was just about to open the door and go in and get my gun and kill myself. Mm. And this this car pulled up right beside me and asked me where my neighbor lived. And it broke my thought concentration and okay. I told him and then I thought I'm almost killed myself I'm seconds away I just was going to do that so that was a divine intervention for me and uh, maybe some of your listening audience maybe some of them are struggling with depression or yeah, maybe have yeah. some questions like that who am I or yeah. why am I here? Or how did I get here? Or what's my purpose in life? Or how do I find my purpose? I can help a person. I can help your listening audience right now find their purpose in life in five minutes. Very mm. easy. Yeah. All they have to do, all they have to do is look inside themselves and ask themselves, what is my God-given talents, skills, abilities and what i really enjoy doing okay and you find right. out what you really enjoy doing and your talents and your skills and that will reveal to you what your purpose is because we all have a purpose for being here more than just yeah. working 40 hours a, a week for 40 years and then die yeah, <laughs> yeah we do we do yeah so wow. you know yeah so fantastic fantastic yeah Wow. Yes, <laughs> we, we gotta stop and take a break and take a breath, Brian. That that was like 
a roller coaster ride of information, man. You have some <laughs> life story, dear partner. So we're gonna take a break on Andy's personal development in the breakout room live with our guest Brian L. Annal. We will be right back. Don't go away. Stand by for this commercial break. Okay, we are live back in the breakout room on Andy's personal development with our special guest, Brian L. Arnold. Brian, what does the L stand for? Leonard. Ah, I would have never. That's my given... middle. Yeah, it's just my 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 uh, middle initial, but I also call it lifesaver. Hey, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what I want to do is save lives. And I save lives by by sharing uh, the good news that, um, you know, just because you're going through depression and maybe suicidal, I have some very good news. You don't have to go that way. I went that way. And I was seconds away from ending my life, but then I got my life turned around and it's been 45 years now that I have been asking, seeking and knocking to find out the way to walk in life where we can overcome all our obstacles and solve all of our problems through understanding the two kingdoms. Okay, when we understand these two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, we get out of the kingdom of darkness because the word darkness means ignorance and error. So 
We don't want to be in ignorance and error. We don't want to operate in that kingdom of darkness, but we're born into it. Yeah, yeah. And we want to get out of that and get over into knowledge, wisdom, and understanding in the kingdom of light. Right. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that book that you wrote, How to Win the War Within and Discover Your Purpose for Living. For Living, I, yes. I, I want to know, one, what prompted you to get writing, and two, what is the big message that you wanted to get to people from the publication? Yes. Okay, so um, I've been writing, you know, I've only got a grade 8 education, but I know that 9 eighths is 72, 6 eighths is 48, 9 9s is 81. I can rattle yeah. those off because I know, I know my numbers very well. Okay. And, I, and, and I started writing as soon as I had this uh, amazing transformation begin in my life. And uh, I was suicidal and was going to end my life. And then somebody pointed out to me, you can come out of darkness and into the light. And so I accepted the Lord into my life. And that's what started and transformed my life. And I started mm -hmm. to read right. again. And... Uh, and then I started to write, and I wanted to write the book, uh, How to Win the War Within and Discover mm -hmm. Your Purpose for Living. And I had a war still going on inside of me. And I used this analogy of an old Indian fellow. His name was Harry. It's a story that uh, this other Indian friend of his came to him one day and said, Harry, how are you doing? Harry said, oh, some days I'm up, some days down. I have a war going on inside of me. Yeah. And he said, what do you mean, Harry? And he said, well, he said, um, I just have like this black dog and a white dog, and they're fighting inside of me all the time. And he said, well, which dog is winning? He said, well, whichever one I feed the most. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have a war going on inside of us. It's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, good, mm -hmm. the knowledge of good and evil are at war on the inside of us. And if mm -hmm. we watch more television than we read, things are good for us. Like for me, it's the scriptures, but for anybody else, whatever they want, whatever route they're going, but we need to know that, there's war going on on the inside of us, and we have what I call the universal mind, the conscious mind, and your subconscious mind. So the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, and the universal all-knowing mind, which is God. Okay. And when we feed inside of us this war that's going on on the inside of us, how to win the war within and discover your purpose for living. Well, when we discover our purpose, all of a sudden I have a reason to get up in the morning. I had right. a reason this morning to get up was because I could be on the show here with you and talk to your right. listeners and I could share a bit of my story and give somebody hope that, you know, yeah. if they're in hopelessness or they're in dark or they're depressed or they're suicidal. Uh, we don't know. I mean, I, I, I was shocked the other day. There's this beautiful young lady who's very popular here in America, and she jumped off a 28-story building, and she was 27 yeah. years yeah. old. 
Yeah. Uh, kill yeah. yourself. Wow. Like, yeah. we don't know who's listening right now. And I got good news for you. You don't have to do that. There's lots of That's good right. things for us that can come on the inside of us and transform us and give us purpose on the inside. And that's what I live for today is my purpose for living. It. And that's why I wrote that little book and great, just created. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Thanks for sharing. I, I appreciate and yes. I applaud you for the effort that you made to share that information in a publication form. Yes. Yes. And I have a new one now just coming out that we've just uh, created. And it's a very powerful, powerful life changer. And I call it the lifesaver napkin presentation. And I present this life-saving um, kingdoms uh, within us that can be shared in a very simple, quick manner. Are you there? Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, apologizing. Andy. I'm sorry for that. Yeah, that's all right. No, no, no. I'm fine. I'm fine. It, it really happens. It really, really happens. I'm cool, brother. I'm cool. <laughs> that's, good. that's good to know. Right, so you were talking. Uh, <laughs> well, we're talking now about, we get uh, a little. Now you get a little chance to edit a little bit, maybe. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We, we see how it goes. We'll I'm fine. Goes. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. I, w yeah. I wanted to get to know about KPS Prison Ministry and um, yes. what inspired that, and 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 how it began, and what impact has it okay. been making on the lives of inmates. Yes. Well, it's been it's been really good, Andy. Um, what inspired it was about oh, I guess uh, four or five years ago. Um, I didn't know what to do. I didn't, you know. I, I only all we all have is our gifts and talents. You're using gifting and your talents right now to bring podcasts and to reach people and help people and so on. That's your gifting and calling. For me, I didn't know what to do because I didn't really have very much. But, you know, it was interesting because God told Moses, take your staff and 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 you can cross the Red Sea with the point the staff there and it parted the waters, or mm -hmm. he struck the staff into the rock and the water came out. Okay, so yeah. it was like, and I heard somebody say one time, you have to use whatever's in your hand. Well, I didn't have very much in my hand, but I had these cards that I, okay. but I never picked the cards up when I accepted the Lord into my life instantly that moment that day I took my cards and I threw them in the garbage and I walked away from a million bucks a year and said I'll never pick the cards up again not because the cards were evil but my heart was evil it wasn't yeah. the cards that were evil it was my heart and my thinking was wrong and so I all I knew how to do was when I looked back on that, I said, well, I know how to work with cards, but what do I do with a deck of cards? And then I thought to myself, 
said, oh, maybe I could write on little cards and, you know, play with cards and people could use the cards to, I could get a message across to them somehow in these little cards. So I started writing cards and I wrote, like I got 52 cards in a deck and there's 52 weeks in a year. So you could read one card a week and memorize it. And, and, and uh, in one year you would know a lot from what I've yeah. written on these cards. So mm -hmm. I started just writing the cards, but I never thought to turn the cards into actual playing cards. I just wrote them on little cards that were the size of a playing card. And okay. I presented it to some, some of my friends and they said, well, why don't you make it into playing cards? I thought, so you mean we could just play cards and there'd be writing on it? Maybe I'll do that. So I started thinking about that, and I started to wrestle in my heart about it. Should I write scriptures on cards? People will think cards are evil, but they're not. Yeah. And it says we are to overcome good, overcome evil, evil with, good. with good. Yeah. Yes. So I thought, well, if I put scriptures on cards, that'll overcome evil with okay. good right. and it, the evil is really in our minds Mind. and, and our mm -hmm. hearts and not mm -hmm. in the cards the same as there's yeah. no evil in a gun a gun is just sitting there but if a person has a wicked evil heart they could kill somebody with it the gun right. won't kill kill somebody but you do so mm -hmm. the wickedness and evil was in our hearts i had to overcome all of that in my thinking but then i started and i i started with uh, i did the kingdom of god presentation of uh, 52 cards then i did the holy spirit 52 cards then i did personal self-discovery how to know who you are why you're here how you got here spirit soul and body what your soul is how your body functions your mind emotions and will what they are how they all work so i started putting all that into cards so now i'm we're playing cards with these cards and we're getting good response so one yeah. day I went to the prison and um, I, I met with the prison chaplain and I talked with the prison chaplain and I presented this and I just left them three decks to look through. Well, a week later, he called me back and he said, I want to have lunch. I want to talk to you about this. So I went back and, and uh, we met and we started talking about it. And he goes, well, we would like 3000 decks for 3000 inmates here in this prison. And then I a good chance of being able to connect with other prisons and creating all of that. And we could get 2 million, there's 2.1 million prison inmates in America. Right. So, you know, there's a good possibility of 2.1 million decks of cards that could go into there, but we can't proselytize and try to convert anyone. So we have to have the deck built this way. So okay. I changed a whole bunch of stuff and that's how I ended up starting to get into the prisons. And uh, now it's an amazing thing. We've got testimonials coming out from people who have been using these cards and you can go on to my website and and find them on my website as well but uh that's really opening up i've got a lot more work to do i'm just working on three or four different projects but they're all coming together as one big project under one big ca canopy and uh that's all coming together now and uh so there's going to be a lot of material for support material that we can support people who want to go out and win the world and turn things around and spin things around to where we're overcoming evil with good.
And um, that's where my heart is, and that's where I'm headed, and that's how it kind of came about. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, uh, yeah. We just have uh, two minutes to go again, Brian, before we wrap yes. up. It has yeah. been an absorbing time that we've spent to get a lot of valuable information and personal testimony you have shared. Um, yes. I, I just want to notice, I'm very, I'm very intrigued by this. If yes. you had the opportunity to stand up on the world stage and say something to the world that you know would make an impact because of what you're seeing, the things that are happening in the world, what would you say to the people in the world, especially the leaders? I would say that uh, we need to solve problems. Right. We're here as problem solvers. That's why I call my ministry Kingdom problem solvers and okay. we can solve problems with the kingdom within our heart so every solution to every problem that you're facing is can be solved right here inside of you but okay. you need to to know what road to go down and go down the right road yeah. that's what yeah. i say i would say to anybody and um, that's 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 only in the kingdom of light can you do that. Kingdom of darkness, ignorance, and error re, re, uh, results in uh, lack, limitation, and poverty. And I'd rather live in abundance in the kingdom of light than live in poverty in the kingdom of darkness. Well said. That's a powerful note. Uh, to end. <laughs> I'd like to, maybe if I could, I, I would just like to leave my phone number if anyone needs help. They can call me at 406-230-6343. They can text me or email me at 100safeandsecure at gmail.com.